0: Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here We're drinking Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour Podcast.
1: Yes, hello, everybody! Welcome to episode 237. Thank you for joining us tonight. So, speaking of joining, we actually have to big give a big shout-out to our boy, Nerdy Nick. We hopped on his N-Squared podcast this last Monday, uh, talked a lot of wrestling, talked a lot of CM Punk, but more importantly, we donated some money to some fucking charity. So... He is currently running a toy drive. Uh, He'll be collecting money through December during all of his streams. Anything that's donated to the page uh, will be going towards this thing, and he's just going to give a bunch of toys to underprivileged kids. So it's a good cause. Our audience showed up, uh, did a lot of donating, raised almost 200 bucks for him that night. So it was an awesome stream. So thank you to everyone out there who came up, who donated, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, no, it was a great time, and Jim forgot to mention uh, it's not just Nick; it's his buddy Josh. It was a yes, great, great chance to meet him. So, thank you guys for having us on. We had fun, and yeah, it, it was a it was a fun little bidding war. Uh, me and Jim, of course, went back and forth at each other. Yep, course, as won. we do. I, I won at the end, as I do. But but the important thing is, it is a great cause. It's something um, I actually mentioned to Nick. Like, I love that idea. Uh, I just don't know the right way to set it up. And I don't stream like he is way better at being consistent with streaming than I am. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if I can ever get to a really consistent streaming, I'd love to do something like that. Cause I, I think that is an awesome thing to just give back. And he has his reasons for doing it. And I, I'd have my own charities. I would think about too, but it's a really good cause. So if you ever want to check it out and you want to donate, it's for something good. It's not like the completionist who we'll get to a little bit later.
1: Yep. Uh, so yeah links will be below to the episode that we were on you can give him subs from there and yeah check him out when he streams
0: yeah so chambers um we've had a we've had a busy week we were on oh, on the n squared podcast we obviously um, as of today we're actually recording on a wednesday and we just released our latest bonus beers episode where we finally speaking of nick finished off our review of tiptoes and it was a rough one to get through, because it's for anyone who has seen this movie, what do you say? And for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, this isn't even a movie that I can jokingly be like, go watch it. It's just, don't watch it. Like, that's all I can say. Don't right, do it.
1: Don't ruin it. For the low, low price of five bucks a month, people can find <laughs> out
0: why. But no, uh, Nick joined us on there, so that episode is up right now on our Patreon, like Jim just said. So, yeah, we, we've been busy, boys. Yes, also another
1: crusty Corner for this week, we talking some feet. We talking some Capcom feet, Brian.
0: And Jim's desire to coom. I've learned new words.
1: Desire, I, I love... need,
0: obsession. <laughs> oh, Jim. So, uh, Chambers, what are you enjoying on this midday of the week?
1: <laughs> yep, so uh, this is actually one that I've had sitting for a while. And I just kind of remembered to get around to it. So last year, around Christmas, I bought a, a pack of beer called the 12 Beers of Christmas, or no, <laughs> the 12 IPAs of Christmas from there Stone Brewing. But so, yeah, I am starting off with the Scorpion Bowl IPA. It's 7.5% alcohol and woo, Lordy. Right, strap in. It's a punch to the stinger. For this ale to have landed in your hands, it survived a rather exotic journey. It began, as these things do, far, far away, in an untamed land where the desert isles and seafaring traders' caravans alike evoke dreams of purple sands and mysterious flora, swallowed and hidden by fathom upon fathom of never-ending sea, never-ending like this fucking paragraph, Jesus. Is it a never-ending story? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) And so it was there, where the ancient ritual drums could be heard past the tropic sands and deep in the jungle, that we found this recipe sealed with a scorpion's kiss. Midnight poetry whispered on the breeze of this mystical liberation. My moon and my sun, my fairest one, a liquid dream of delight to awaken in the night. It is also warned, however, that betwixt the ripples of the scorpion ball... Oh my god, get to the point! Mingled midway on the waves, one can hear the wailing of the lamenting lover, lost to the Jesus ancestral Christ. voices, measureless to mankind. And here you stand, seeking kismet, answering love's command. You've gotten this far, and you find yourself wondering if scorpions indeed do kiss. As true as the stars and the moon, yes, yes they do. With bittersweet tropical poetry, they kiss just for you.
0: I I, I, I hate that beer with a I hate this I, fucking I, company. I hate. I hope that's terrible, and
1: you know, you know, Gray Coke was beating off if he was writing that. that mm-hmm. and
0: I hate it too because it's a pretty goddamn good beer. The I when people use Kismet, that's that's an automatic annoyance.
1: Like it's good. It's got a hoppiness, but it's definitely got a citrus to it as well. But uh, like, what is it actually? It just they don't even tell you what's in it. God. Didn't they dare
0: enough <laughs> I hate you, Jim.
1: I, I I hate myself. I hate them. But
0: goddamn, it, it's a good beer. Can't so, lie. So I broke tradition um, this past Thanksgiving. Almost every Thanksgiving for a couple years now, I have my Mad Elves. And this year I didn't have any. I thought I had some left over, except for like the old label style. And I was like, shit. So i couldn't drink on thanksgiving night my first mad elf i went out i bought a trogues pack specifically for the podcast however um i'm not trying to drink super heavy tonight so i went with the lightest of the trogues pack it's still pretty goddamn hefty with uh the naked elf obviously a play on the mad elf brand never had that Uh, my first time as well it's 8.2 percent it says when 8.2
1: percent is the lightest
0: that's what i mean Uh, gone are the cherries, honey, and chocolate malt from the dress up of our holiday favorite mad elf. So basically all the flavor leaving him stark raving nude. It's all about the bare necessities, malt, and yeast to lend notes of cinnamon, allspice, clove, and tangy fruity esters to this classic Belgian style ale. And you know what? When I drink it. I don't like it. I want clothes on it. I want the goddamn mad elf. like it actually it tastes like a mad elf minus all the good flavors. It like really? it, it's the weirdest thing. It, it it's not it's not hoppy. It's definitely not sweet. Not cherry. Not cherry riddled. No, no, no. They specifically took out the cherry, the honey, and the chocolate flavors. So literally you're left with it's like if you had the booziness of mad elf, but it was lessened
1: it was just a beer?
0: It was just a beer. A plain balls, plain beer. Um, it's crystal clear. Uh, a nice coloring, but I I, I don't know what they were... I guess I guess for those... That's th- bizarre. Those, I guess for those assholes out there, they're like, it tastes too much like cherry or honey. Like when they bitch about that. It's like when I drink like a beer for it to taste like a barrel. That's who this is made for. Uh, and... Maybe I'm just still too mad after your goddamn uh paragraph you read, but You're mad, I had to read it. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, this feels like it would get you fucked up pretty quick. I guess that's the plus I can say. But it just when you drink this, you want a mad elf. Unless I think this is the only audience for this is people who hate Mad Elf. Um I'm shocked. Now I'm being very harsh on it just because I am comparing to Mad Elf. It's drinkable. It doesn't – it literally feels like it's never – I've never had a beer where I don't get any, like, malt or sugar. But then there's also zero bitterness. So it's it's a very odd thing. I'm going to save you a can so you can try it. I don't know this what – This sounds weird. It. This is weird. I would never, like – it's in a variety pack, so I don't care. So is a gingerbread stout, which I've never had from them, which I'm excited to try. But that was like 13%. So I was like, well, not doing that tonight. So, so is
1: that a uh, rare trogs miss you would say, Brian? I'm,
0: I'm trying to decide how much of a miss it is. It's like it's still better than a lot of beers, but it's like for trogs, it's definitely it's on the naughty list.
1: <laughs>
0: See what I did there. No, I saw it. But yeah. Um Jambers, you uh you are the little engine that could. You're just blubba blubbing along. What what have you been playing? <laughs> blubba
1: blubbing along, he says.
0: blub, <laughs> blub. <speaks> what Did have you been you burning through to hit your level 23? Yep.
1: So uh, we've talked about it between like bonus episodes and other shows, but I'll skip down them real quick for anyone who just listens to the main show. Uh, so first up, Bad Isabella. It was published by our good buddy Rue from Retro Rue Games. Um, a game I don't really play a lot. It was a point and click game, uh, Halloween themed. It was like a combination of like horror with comedy, and it did a pretty decent job of both. Like it did have some like legit kind of like little freaky things and scenes out of nowhere. Uh, it I actually. I liked it. Like it's not like the most amazing game in the world and it takes like, like about an hour and a half to beat. But like the comedy's decent. Like the horror elements are pretty cool. The puzzles are like tricky without being overly tricky. And it luckily doesn't have one of those like overly cumbersome uh, menu systems. Where like, they'll throw you like a thousand items in the beginning of the game. And you're like, oop, let's try this here. Oop, not works, oop, let's try this here. Like you only have like a couple limited spots which I think like plays into the favor of the game. Uh, It was for the original Game Boy, so, you know, uh, they had to do what they could. But the graphics were good, and there's even like a really cool easter egg in there, which I'll never put the time in to get. But yeah, it was a cool little title. Next up, uh, the complete opposite, a fucking disaster of a game, Rival Turf, on the Super NES. Uh, It's a weird localization of a shitty beat-em-up, a Final Fight clone, published by Jalico. It's awful. It's one of the worst beat-em-ups I've ever fucking played. The hit detection's bad. The weapons are useless. The enemies are just cheap and take so much goddamn damage. It's just... The music is just ridiculously bad. Like, the only plus it had at the time it came out was that it was, like, two-player. But besides that, like, stay away from it never play it. Uh, I did off Switch Online, and I regret it. And then, last up, House of the Dead Remake. Eh. It's kind of a mess. Now, I played it on the Switch, so I think that has, like, the most performance problems of any of them, but I know, like, all of them kind of had their problems when it was first released. Uh, it was was ported by the people who did the Panzer Dragoon remake, which I also didn't like, but I will say that I like this one more. It's, like, fun in spurts, but, like, it runs like shit, and the aiming just feels off. It's really weird. So, that's another one that I can't really recommend, but I'm up to 20 games! Three to go! One or, well, technically, yeah, three. So I can math.
0: Have you um, have you learned your lesson with this company?
1: What, what the people who do these ports? Yeah, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Okay. They, they, no. they take all they take all these old classics from Sega and they just do a shit ass <laughs> job just of bringing job. them to the real day. Sucks. Yeah.
0: No, um, it's a shame too because I think I'd seen in the past when um, gaming off the grid did a review of it. And I know those guys are huge fans of House of Dead, and yet similarly, I know they were—they didn't seem terribly impressed by it. So I was kind of like, "That sucks," because I would have—I actually—that would have been a game I would have gotten for my Switch. But yeah, now you both have uh, sold me on leave it alone.
1: Yeah, like it's not awful or unplayable, but it's just—it's just not worth your time.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, as I said last episode, I'm done with my 23 games. I am gonna get back into Starfield, but right now I'm enjoying the super casual nature of playing Modern Warfare Three. Getting back into Dead by Daylight because I'm doing some streams. I'm back to doing a challenge uh, tomorrow night. I actually will be streaming again. Something happens, but I, I'm like, I think one of my things is, and Jim, you know me, like if I got a challenge that drives me way more to do something versus if I'm just left to my own devices. So I, I like the idea of doing a challenge, so it's going to keep me really engaged. Uh, but those have kind of been it. I've played, I don't know if we talked about this on here. I did beat the TMNT Minecraft DLC I got with Logan. Oh, okay. Um, it was, you know what? We've gotten the Sonic one, the TMNT one. Did we get a Super Mario one? I think we got one other one. I don't remember what it was. Uh, oh, a Batman one. And you know what? I, I love that they are just pure love letters to fans. And there's shit in there. It's not like a amazing game. I forget how many stages there are. I think there's like 12 or something. And you know what? I beat it. It's a game. So when whenever we do our recap of all the games we beat this year, I'm going to talk about it. But yeah, like I said, my, my only other game I want to make sure I finish off before we have our recap is going to probably be Starfield. Like, that's hey, Brian, the only
1: want. How about you also beat another game that you've been working on? Jim! How hey, about you do the one you've been working on for like a year and a half, Brian? I just need to beat good games, Jim. Brian, <laughs> just, just <laughs> play the fucking game. It's not that
0: long. But <laughs> you always For the- Christ's sake. But you always have to start at the fucking treehouse, and the saves are so terrible in that game. And no, there's... they're not. You can save whenever. As no, long as you're wait. not in a dungeon, you can save whenever. I do that, but then it always starts me in the treehouse. Every time I've reloaded my save, I, I, I wake up in... Like, I've been in the middle of whatever, not a non-dungeon, just out, out and about, and every time I hit load... I wake up in the um, Luke. well in Link's treehouse. So I really? have to then go yeah, I have to then go travel out to wherever. So that's annoying as shit. That, and it still has the save file there as
1: oh, if you've yeah. been doing it.
0: On all the progress I've done like if I've gotten collectibles or gotten far enough in doing something that shit's all I there. Mean,
1: it's been ages since I've played, so maybe it kept your progress. You just start there and have to like run to where you need to go.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. It's just, oh, okay. That, that little I-, I was one. like,
1: I was worried that like the battery was dead in the fucking thing and like it wasn't saving it. No, at
0: all. no, no. It's definitely saving. It's just, an, it's just like annoying because if you have to, not that the map is, oh my God, big, but it's just one of those things. It's like, I gotta wake up. I gotta jump down, run out to the forest. Dude, like, you know,
1: well, it's just, uh, eventually you'll get songs where you can warp the right before temple areas. So, but you okay. have to like get past the opening section of the game when you're a kid.
0: Gotcha. So I, it'll get better. Listen, it'll get better. L- listen, it is, it's one I've recognized when I do sit down and do it. I'm just going to have a guide with me so I'm not dicking or, Like, I want to just get to the dungeons, play against the bosses, and beat it. I don't want to do the collect-a-thon. I don't want to do the cuckoo things. Like, no,
1: no, luckily a lot of that you don't have to do at all to be yeah. the game.
0: Then so, that, that's right, right all Can I you mean. at least like beat it before the Sonic
1: 3 movie comes out? Just announced today, December 20th, 2024. Can you beat it by then?
0: I'll I'll I'll, I'll get it in by the end of the year. Come on, Jim.
1: No, you fucking better.
0: <laughs> but, James, we're speaking of getting it in, and the real question is are, are we you about gonna... to have sex? You're gonna take it, you know that. <laughs> I don't want to. I always take. I wanna get <laughs> There are, Well, you can give me the gift of finishing goddamn Bionic Commando. Because it actually, was a pa- a Patreon request, Jim.
1: Once I'm done to twenty three, that's the one I'm gonna go into. <laughs> it'll, be it so it 23. Free, it'll be so twenty three. It'll be so to be done by 20. I don't know if I'm gonna get it. I hear it's actually like kind of a bitch of a game. So hmm. I don't wanna like, you know, I wanna be able to just concentrate on that once I start in on it. Okay. So yes, I'll bang out some more sheet games to finish my twenty three, and then I'll go into Bionic Commando, which may you know what, may not be a Actually,
0: game. I'm not going to be satisfied. Your your whole list is null and void unless you get it number one in Tetris ninety nine by the end of the year. That's your real real. I tried, whole, Brian. I tried. That's your that's your white will. Come on, like
1: thirty hours, and I tried, Brian.
0: Come on, I believe in you. <laughs> I
1: don't believe in myself. I'm
0: a failure jim next time i'm over there i'm gonna borrow your switch and i'm gonna get it for you just so it's on your <laughs> don't you fucking dare
1: i'd rather i'd rather never have it than have you take that from me
0: what is what is uh our question or what are our questions this week because i know last week we didn't have any
1: yep patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game worth as little as two bucks a month you can ask a question and we will answer on each and every single one of these power hour podcasts. From Todd Howard Sucks. You get paid $10 million a year, but you have to play the same game over and over again. What game? Question mark. Also, do you prefer a lager or an ale? He's cashing on us both from last week too.
0: No, I like it. Um So ten million a year.
1: We have to play the same game over and over.
0: It, can you change it from year to year? I don't know. So that would make it interesting. If each year you can only do one game, um, but for an argument for the first year, if you get ten million for a year, one game. Ooh, what is like the longest? I mean, for right now, just because I know I could get a lot of out of it, I would probably go the Starfield route um, because I know you could dump many many hours into that but that's assuming I could finish it in one year if it's like one game forever in perpetuity fuck man I don't it might have to be something super generic like Minecraft or something just because then like at least I could infinitely build other things and not get completely exhausted with it
1: yeah, my answer is going to be like Rocket League, because at least I know every single game that I get into will be different, and I'll have a different experience every time I play, but, so at least that'll keep the interest there.
0: What happens when the servers shut down in a year?
1: They will not shut down in a year, and I will get my <laughs> $10 <million. laughs> it's, it's still It's still too popular. The kids dump too much money in. It'll be there, Brian. It'll be old faithful.
0: That's such a terrible answer, Jim. I hate How that. How is that a
1: terrible answer? It's a perfect answer genius you think, answer
0: you could throw in call of duty so you can play with people you actually know and not goddamn eight-year-olds or anything else but i might but you, beat eight eight-year-olds that that sense of good. accomplishment that sounds like an awful sentence <laughs> whatever we
1: yeah. all have our hobbies
0: um yeah that, that that's interesting thing. honestly if yeah, if I'm making 10 million. Here all right, here's a real question, Jim. If you had Here, Here's a here's a real
1: answer. I'll play anything for 10 million a year, all right? Well, that, I don't fucking that, care that's what. That's what
0: I was going to say, but knowing you couldn't play it, do you think you would still collect video games? Um,
1: probably, cuz I've bought so many over the year that I probably still haven't touched. That uh
0: would you just live vicariously through me as I play games? Probably. All right, then you just have to pay me. That's all. I'm not gonna pay you shit. Don't pay you, dick. Come on, wet my beak a little bit. Come on. I'm not wetting nothing. (laughs) Jim, come on, you can
1: spare. You don't even let me be a top. Think I'm gonna pay you for anything? Fuck you. (laughs) Name streets after you, Brian. It's called One Way. Jim, just like many things, you can't do. You can't top.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I I I do like that question, but yeah, if you if you want to pay me ten million dollars, you know what? Find it. I'll find a different hobby. I'll enjoy myself. So, I'll, doing something else. I'm too wings the, of redemption
1: to be 700 pounds and cry that I have to play the same game <laughs> all the time.
0: <laughs> no, no, sure, yeah. Well, he's also not good at the game, so you know, whatever. That's well, all he's
1: well, DSP. Wings was at least pretty good at the games he played.
0: So Ooh. wait, what what was the other question? And then what do we? What do we do like prior? better, a lager or an ale? Ooh. On a shingle. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I have to go ales just because that covers stouts and porters for me. And as much as I I love loggers and I think loggers are the more underrated, ales get all the love. But loggers, there are some great ones. But yeah, ales. I mean, that encapsulates stouts, porters, IPAs. Like, there's so many more varieties of ales than there are lagers that, just from a variety standpoint, I gotta go with it. Yeah, there is a lot of variety there, but I just like lagers. Like, I think a lager is
1: something that I can just sit down and just drink over and over again. Like, it's just, it's old faithful. It's all dependable. I'm a simple man, Brian. Just, I could live off yingling, I could live off just, what do you call it, like, yingling light. I could be fine with that.
0: But you then can't have sours anymore. It's fine. I can live with that. Which that then you just basically will never have real flavors again, because knowing your palate, you are only going to stick to the macros. Yeah. Why? Because, Bri, I if I, your I don't... only goal is to get drunk, then just drink whiskey.
1: Yeah, but then I get too sick off. It's also a self-control problem, Brian. So I have to to make sure that I fight for myself here. Longevity issue. You
0: can no longer have your smittics. I do love me my smittics. Can't have your pumpkins. Can't have your head elves. I like them. Once again, but
1: I'm not not a sipper, Brian.
0: It's a problem. I'm not a sipper. Another terrible answer by Jim.
1: Probably, but it's honest.
0: It is. It is. I like that question. Now. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it. Todd Howard sucks.
1: Yes, but that wraps up the questions for this week. So, once again, thank you to everyone out there. Make sure to get your questions and check out the postings and check out all the other bonus content over at patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game for game review requests, uh, movie review requests, bonus episodes of the podcast, and bonus segments in the Krusty Corner.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, guys. We always, oh, damn it, Jim. We always, always appreciate it. Yes, and if you're new to the podcast, check us out on YouTube,
1: iTunes, or Spotify. Head on over to any one of those. Any help you have... Any hope you have. I've only done this 237 goddamn times. But yeah, any support you have, any comments, always helps out the page. And also, for anyone out there who's looking to have a new skill, possibly, learn a new craft, learn some little history, there's a link below to our affiliate link to Skillshare.
0: Check it out. Now, Jambers, we just closed Patreon questions with beer talk and this week uh there's an interesting little item out there and you know what i'll be honest i've always been uh, drawn to things where you could have the fomo of a a limited release of something this is not one of those times so tesla is releasing their cyber beer and cyber stein Limited edition set coming in at a whopping $150. Woo! 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 And this coincides with the release of their Cybertruck. And basically, they are trying to have the stein and the shape of the cans simulate the polygonal shape of the Cybertruck.
1: Polygonal. Uh,
0: I'm going to say polygon all day, every day. Um... So the interesting thing, we tagged the link below from cyberbeer.com. I did some digging. It's already completely sold out.
1: Two 11.2 ounce bottles. It's
0: 7% alcohol. Well worth $150. But it's already sold out, Jim. That's the crazy part. It sold out the same morning it was announced. Um, The beer itself, and it won't say it on this site, was brewed by... No, it says
1: it here. Brewed and bottled by the Buzz Rock Brewing Company.
0: At the bottom of the listing on the site? On the link that I have? Yes, it does. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Um, did you know they also did a little thing like this when they released tequila in 2020? No, I did not. For $250 a bottle? Ooh, the mama. tequila. Yeah. Um, mama, pair... mama, mama, mama apparently as you would expect there's already a resale market out there for these things i there's a part of me that looks at these and i'm like of course i would there's no chance in hell i would ever get these they they kind of look cool i actually thought they looked like speakers at first when i saw the picture without knowing contextually what i was looking at i was like they look like computer speakers um <clears throat> but yeah i don't think i ever really need to try this
1: Oh, Brian, it gets better. So speaking of our good buddy, Todd Howard Sucks, he actually just posted a tweet from a guy who got the beer. Uh, Some guy named Brian Stone saying, Tesla Cyber Beer is hot garbage. Not only is the lid rusted, but the beer is also nasty. What a miss. So a guy says, why did you drink it? So he says, because I paid $75 per bottle. I forced myself to drink it all. We bought three sets and only opened one. Beer doesn't have a long shelf life, so if you don't plan to drink it later, so if you save it, don't plan to drink it because it'll taste even worse. So then someone's like, wait, you spent $450 on Tesla-branded beer? Goddamn you people are such easy marks. And who did this? Some guy named Brian Stone. I don't have his entire thing. Todd Howard
0: just posted some screenshots here's what i'm interested in and what i was gonna ask is how many people do you think like like there's obviously a lot a lot of hate for uh elon it's funny the first thing i type in is brian stone and it's a guy that basically seems to only shit on elon oh really could this be I- fake news I, I been I, no, no, no! I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Unless there, there could. There's a lot of brine stones. All right, Chamber. So we are back, and um, no, I was just asking hypothetically. We're gonna get into a topic that once again still talks about Bud Light. Do you think the company that's brewing this beer gets any backlash for the amount of people that have hate on Yvonne? Oh, probably.
1: There, there's no way it doesn't. Because I mean, like. There's super fans of elon out there and there are a lot of super haters as well so there is no doubt in my mind that he will, that, that company isn't getting a ton of shit for doing this
0: what do you think their takeaway is from this like of the 150 dollars how much do you think they actually made or do you think they just got paid a flat fee to prove the beer, or if they, they were a percentage of all sales
1: if they were smart they'd probably go percentage uh so that's a good question i don't know but i'm yeah. sure that since it sold out instantly yeah, they're probably laughing to the bank, and they don't care about a little angry tweets on Twitter.
0: No, not at all. Yeah, um, it, this is one of those things. If somebody had it, I would love to try it, just to know what one hundred and fifty, well, $75 for a beer cost. I told you at our beer store, um, there's a beer called Wendigo. Uh, Wendigo? Yeah, it's a weird... I'm, I'm looking it up right now. It's from Anchorage. Anchorage Brewing Company. Now, it's funny. If you go online, it's listed at $90 a bottle. Oh, my God. Um, And that's on sale from 109 a bottle. So oh, Well, that's a bargain, then. When I see it at our store, it's listed at like $65. And I was like, it's, it's for a regular-ass 12-ounce bottle. And I'm like why it's 16 percent abv you know what jim i think we need to spoil ourselves and get that and try for the page
1: but brian first i need to get a certain swimsuit edition or something
0: don't you can save your coom for something else
1: no it deserves my love brian My (laughs) appreciation (laughs) yeah no i I think for the good of the page i think we have to do it see if it's worth the dollars
0: And if somebody would like to donate Tesla beer to us, cyber beer, I'll take it. Yep. Goddamn right. And I'll let Jim watch me drink it. (laughs) No, I don't want to be the beer (laughs) cuck. You sit in the corner with your (laughs) Bud Light. (laughs) I'm just looking
1: on an empty bottle.
0: (laughs) Let me smell the sheet sand. No, but I am a sucker for these items. And like I said, though, this is one that doesn't draw my interest at all.
1: Brian, speaking of being a sucker, I just finished off that fucking Scorpion Bowl IPA. Uh, this is definitely better cold. Because as it warms up and like I guess all the flavors start to come out and stuff like that. No it, good. It just tastes like a tree's asshole. Mm. It's just nothing but pine and hops. So it actually had like a more balanced flavor beforehand. So I'm sure some beer snob out there would hear that and be like, well, you, you're actually tasting favor and you need to put to drink like that. Well, it sucks. So shut up. <laughs> well jim
0: we uh speaking so now of, moving on to their
1: hazy ipa and i'll save us this paragraph because
0: fuck don't you yeah i was gonna say don't you dare but speaking of shitty beer and everything that we've talked about with bud light um the never ending saga it really is but this is a an, an interesting one <clears throat> so the heir to anheuser bush is selling his 4.45 million dollar malibu mansion um they allude that he's selling it in the wake of the whole fiasco with Bud Light. But what I what I actually find interesting is there's a lot of this article that goes over this house, how awesome it is, what he's selling it for. Right. But then that's the best three bedroom,
1: two bath you've ever seen, isn't it?
0: I know. It's only four point four some million, Jim. Um no, but what's interesting is at the as you keep reading. He's actually made all these statements and is really interested in trying to buy back the brand from AD Inbev. Yep. And his whole like, I guess he's been on talk shows about this, and which they sold to Inbev for fifty-two billion dollars. That's the part where I go, like, you sold it for fifty-two billion. So you know this guy. This is in two thousand eight. They did this, by the way. Oh, so um, inflation now, wonderful so inflation now but here's the crazy part right now uh they're at a 27 billion dollar market cap so you know their numbers are down this doesn't strike me as the type of guy that probably spent it all so the real question is let's say he goes in there and says i want it for 30 or 40 he still walks away from the old deal up 12 billion
1: Well, even more so because 30 billion now is way less than 30 billion back then.
0: You're right. Yeah. So, you know, he's basically very critical of how InBev has handled the whole situation and basically pointed to the core consumer for Bud Light has always been the frat house crowd. And that was synonymous with Bud Light, which I don't think is wrong. Um, and he basically says that they've gone downhill from when his grandfather was in his 80s still selling the bars Budweiser and things like that and he said the problem is they got a lot of woke people out of college who are taught all these ideals and that's who is pushing these policies and that's why that guy that we talked about a week ago two weeks ago who got fired the head of the marketing was fired Um, is he wrong I don't know but the real question that, that, is... That, that
1: sounds like it coped to me. I think, like, it, it's probably a lot of things. Like, it definitely didn't help. It definitely took a huge hit from that marketing campaign. But, like, I mean, there's... there's bill- Yeah, they took a big hit because of that. Like, there's no denying that. But it's also, like... I mean, the beer market in general has moved on a lot from Bud Light and shit like that. Like, the past... We've read articles in the past 15 years about how the craft scene exploded. So, from 2008 to now, like... there's had a lot of competition out there now there's a lot of things that they're going against and you know beer snobs look at bud light and they go oh i'm not drinking that shit anyway
0: yeah but i mean if you if you go back to the history of anything that happened right there's going to be a turning point for everything and whether justified or not this marketing campaign was a the in final, their face Yep, it, it fucked them. It, it, it's their assassination of Franz Ferdinand. At the end of the day, it's what's going to spark. There's a million things that could have happened. This was the the implicit. I'm just saying though, if if this guy were to buy this back, wouldn't then the people who all hate AB InBev almost be forced to kind of be like, yeah, fuck them?
1: Yeah, it might almost be like yeah, because a lot of people hate InBev, so. Maybe they'd come
0: rushing back to Bud Light, maybe? As That's what I'm saying. Like, what if that is the turnaround point of, like, we're going to take this back? If there's, like, a big lawsuit or something or bidding thing, would the Bush family be the little guy in this? Compared to AB and Bev, I think they are. To, I mean, yes, it, you're talking about two giants. Well, you know, whatever the value of their inheritance is at this point, but yeah they're technically the little guy
1: and it is just weird that he's trying to blame selling his house this must be like his fifth house it's probably just some you bullshit
0: you know it's one of them
1: i was like how the fuck do you write an article where he's lamenting having to sell his home and then he's like oh but i'm gonna buy back my 50 billion dollar brand
0: yeah so jim just when i think when i think this saga can't get any weirder when you have your favorite kid rock trying to tell everyone give them a break when you have this guy trying to buy it back. Like, there's there's so much odd going on with this that it is keeping me intrigued. Like, what the fuck is going to happen? Kind of like the bullshit with ex, you know, Microsoft buying uh, Activision. And it was like, are they really going to do it? Da, 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 da. Like, I would love for this to be another one of those cases. Like, is he really going to do it? Like, what's going to happen?
1: Well, this whole Bud Light
0: thing's turning into it we've been talking about since fucking April. It just won't stop. There's always a twist and turn. I mean, we've said it from day one, Jim. Know your audience. Know that that was a terrible idea.
1: Ryan Dolmavany is too powerful. The girl dick
0: will not be denied. Uh, what an asshole! But Jim, speaking of stories that won't die, let's talk about another asshole. Uh, Mudahar has did. Now this is nine days old. By the time we're recording this,
1: Mud is not the asshole here. That was a that was a good. No, I'm, there, I'm saying
0: it. yeah the complete you know his story on the completionist we covered i said i didn't understand and it's funny cuz he actually even in his thing covered like a lot of people are saying why would him and uh carl
1: jobs yeah i kept saying jobs jobs apparently
0: yeah why would they cover this at all apparently they got tipped off they got tipped off that's the only part that's still weird to me it's like I guess they are just, and drama is probably a simplification of whatever they do. The only thing that I thought was a little weird is like Mudahar's like, I only care for justice and truth. But I'm yeah, like, I but you like, post oh. about coming, like he's taking this very high moral high ground and then I've seen other shit he's posted and I'm like, yeah, you can't be playing both sides of that field. Like, so let's comment with that. I mean, you
1: can still be a memer and a shit talker, but still want the right thing to happen.
0: Yeah, that's as hypocritical as it gets out. How is so that let's, hypocritical? Let's not be that. Let's not be the constant How, how ironic... is joking about commies a bad thing?
1: How's
0: it bad, Brian? You just answered it. Who's in, it hurting? Who's it hurting? Everyone. Who's being so- hurt by, Brian? Society. The same way the completionist is hurting society, Jim. Because... You're just he no basically... fun. That's your problem. <laughs> no, I enjoy the fun. I'm not ironically enjoying the fun. That's the difference. This is all drenched in irony right just enjoy
1: the cummies
0: (laughs) but his video i you know he hasn't posted anything further they did have some follow-up with him with uh the completionist and that whole situation well yeah it wasn't even
1: followed with the completionist it's just more like showing more of how they got their info showing more the digging they did like some of the more interesting things is like the first half is him responding to people who talked about the video the first time so like when pro jared bitched about it and other people and then uh a person who runs another company another small charity given their insight on it and that was interesting because he's like yeah i mean it kind of makes sense because 600k to a lot of people to most people that's a fuckload of money but to like big charity corporations that's a drop in the bucket so it's like it kind of would make sense because at that point like i forget the exact terminology but there's a thing where it's like if it's a certain threshold you can kind of basically get a receipt to see exactly how it's being used. And I don't think 600K hits that. So there's a good chance that it could just go to a CEO salary. He's like, there, there is that chance. Now, obviously, the flying ointment there is the fact that, that, not, that Gerard's been saying the whole time that they've been working with these companies when they obviously haven't. So it's a lot of false advertising going on. And that's what looks bad. But I thought it was also interesting how, like, through the records you can see how much time they like claim in their taxes they spent on the charity, and apparently Jared only spent like 40 hours of his year in 2022 on the charity. And it's a family-run business, and you know the person who spent the most time was some name I forget, and uh, they only spent like 200 hours in a year, which again is, you know, nothing. So it's not like it's like a thing that's being worked on all the time, which can I guess also be a little damning because if he's known for two years that the money isn't going anywhere, he's not really putting a shitload of time into trying to find a solution either.
0: Mm-hmm. So here's my question. Whenever you see these controversies pop up, Gerard has taken the complete vow of silence. He yep. hasn't responded to anyone, hasn't said anything. Radio silent since it dropped. I almost feel like that's actually probably the right way because everyone's going to get bored and tired of it, stop talking about it, forget about it and move on. Whereas if he gives any, if he throws anything out there, whether it be putting out money, whatever, like I still think he should just donate at this point. Yeah. But if he donates, does that look like an admission of guilt or is it like, is he going to hold to I'm I'm still trying to find the right one to donate to. I, I don't know the answer here, but I already think like it, do you see anyone still real other than like us covering the Mutohara thing? Like, do you see anyone still even mentioning it or really talking about it?
1: No, it's pretty much died down. Like, even people like say like Smash JT who made like ten videos on uh, Gerard within like two weeks, uh, he's still like there's nothing to milk now. There's nothing else out there, so like there's no updates, and we're probably not going to hear an update until he
0: officially responds. So you know that is what it is. But yeah, no, I mean. I, I like you said I, I i'm even i'm like i wasn't invested to begin with i think this story is pretty much dead on the vine i think i don't know if mudahar and carl are gonna keep following it up or what's gonna actually come from it i think they also have these high hopes that the irs cares that much about in the irs's grand scheme this is such a small amount that they're they're not gonna do a formal like they'll do probably an audit but it's not going to be probably what Mudahar and Carl think it is.
1: Yeah, the, and again, everything might legally be on the up and up. It just still really looks bad too. You never. It's, know. it's a
0: yeah. So then it goes back to if it's legally okay or morally what, all
1: right, yeah. morally
0: like all those questions. Should they have gone through the what now is the dragging him through the mud? And he's, he, ha- he's
1: going to be he's going to be quiet to your point from earlier, just because he's even mudahar says in his follow-up video he's like he already said too much when he came on to our little call so
0: yeah i'm just curious what whenever eventually gerard decides maybe he never will but if he decides to respond and we'll cover it otherwise yeah i think that's a pretty dead topic
1: uh you know what i was gonna say he has to but in a way he doesn't because like i i just think back to like when channel awesome had that like Changed the channel thing against their whole thing back in, like, 2018 now, however long ago it was. And, yeah, Nostalgia Critic just kind of stayed quiet the entire time. And, uh, he moved on, and he's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think we'll see much more. But, Jambers, uh, very interesting thing. And I I really, I want to hear your take first about this. Um, <clears throat> a, a YouTuber named James Lambert uh, Who's been Doing coding videos for the past 11 years and Electronics like dudes Obviously very smart oh, yeah. um, He's been porting Portal to the N64 And in his latest video uh, He shows the comparison To some of his early builds To how he's been able to Help optimize it and have it run A lot smoother What was your takeaway from this video?
1: Uh, My first video was, holy shit, how? (laughs) Like, it looks really good. And he has it running at, like, a really smooth frame rate. Luckily, Portal's a more enclosed game as is. So you can get away with, like, not having to deal with fog and all that crap. Because you're not just, you know, generating a ton of, you know, never-ending large levels. You know, it's little micro-puzzles, basically. But it looks awesome like it's insane how smooth it runs it's like almost like a consistent 60 frames at this point isn't it it's
0: pretty damn i mean
1: i just don't know how like well it's going to control with the n64 controller because like you still needed to have that twitchy you know modern kind of control scheme but using the c sticks kind of like torok control with the stick it looks like it controls
0: pretty decently well so my thought when i saw this And i know you're gonna hate that i say this is why well why no no no. like why this game and i know you love this game i know people love this game i still think it's highly overrated i think it's a super super cool mechanic in a game but kind of like how legend of zelda has all these cool mechanics like basically like the i call it like the portal it's not exactly like the portal mechanic um, it's a really cool mechanic that I felt like this game was a good tech demo for it. Whereas the game itself, like, I never found it witty. I didn't like the whole Gladys part and all the, the cake is a lot. Like, meh.
1: I mean, you can kind of hate that, but you got to at least admit that, like, the puzzles were well made for incorporating the gimmick into it.
0: Oh, no, no. I'm saying that, yeah, the mechanic. The, even the puzzles, I see me personally, I found them. I'm like, Yeah. Like, like it's something that even when I got to the end of the game, I was never like, oh man, I was like, yeah, I'm still at the end of the day. It's just utilizing this mechanic in a physics based way that feels like a tech demo to me. But, but like, so what I'm saying is this guy is so incredibly talented. Like if he can pull off this, I want to see him port like other shit. If anything, like I'm almost like he's wasting his time doing portal that, you know, that's where my, and clearly he's someone, cause he's been making these videos about portal for over a year. And as I said, he, you know, you look back on his older shit, he's done a lot of indie game developed for it, like working with shadow physics and lighting and all types of things on the N64. So, yeah, I mean, he's pushing that hardware to its absolute limits. He understands it than most of the developers who've actually developed games for it. Oh, God, yeah. Which is like, once again, it begs a question, like, I'd rather see this guy then just make a game from scratch, like like a full game from scratch than just porting over the portal one. But it, but, but
1: it is cool to see him, like, pushing the limits to thing because there's like, it's a different art, because maybe he doesn't have the creative bone to make his own gamer levels, but he's really good at yeah, tinkering and true. optimizing. So, like, yeah. you know, there's different arts there. So, I mean, it's kind of like the indie scene today where you see all these, like, one or two man teams, like, for as much as I hate, like, Paprium and Watermelon Games and Fonzie, like, they pushed the Genesis to its fucking limit with Paprium, the same way Bitmap Bureau did with Xenocrisis. Like, it's insane what they pulled off of those systems. So it's really cool to see people going back to these old systems and just, like, getting the absolute most out of them that you would have never expected back in the day.
0: And, and that's what i'm saying like there's no any any if you feel i'm giving it any hate it's nothing to do with like what he's doing is whew, beyond like and even as he's explaining it it's so much of it's just going over my head
1: oh yeah i sat there going <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no I, I i agree with you completely though i do love the the building the remaking or optimizing games or people who are building like the xeno crisis paprium all that um i guess like i said though here's my question as cool as i think it is is there a part of you the collector mindset of you that like you kind of feel like well now it never really closes the door on games developed for those systems
1: oh i mean i have a couple games that were newer games that are developed for old systems like I have Tanglewood, I have Xeno Crisis, I have like Jalen Simon Bob on the NES, that beat beat 'em up that they made. So like I luckily I'm not like a uh, completionist
0: when it comes to I see what uh, you did there, you son of a bitch.
1: When it comes to like collecting for any system. So I don't really have to care about that. I'm just gonna buy it if I want it. But yeah, for certain things, it's cool to have a new game for your old system. To pot like to crack open a new clamshell case on a Sega Genesis game in like twenty twenty three. Like it's crazy. So no. there's, there's a certain yeah. charm to that. Like, I like it. Like, I buy games from our buddy Rue, and he makes stuff for the Game Boy and the N64 and the Genesis and all that. Like, he's making stuff for old systems. It, it's fun. It's cool to see what people come up with.
0: Well, okay, then let me modify my question. And I Do like
1: you... putting it on the wall, and it, like, looks cool there just to have something so new and shiny.
0: I hate that part of it. But I guess my question is, when people look back on these systems 40 years from now or whatever, do these games belong next to the originally developed games?
1: Oh, I mean, if you're worried about like completing a set, no. But, because like completing a set is completing the games that came out in its day. Yeah. So you have all these passion projects. Like, you know, you know what system actually really started this whole boom of people trying to make new shit for old systems? The Dreamcast. That, 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 Homebrew market has thing. been going for yeah. like
0: 15, 20 years at this point. Something insane. I told you that when I discovered open Boar, which is the I I could easily, well not easily, I could get the stuff, write it on the CDs, and play it off my Dreamcast, but I also found the easy way to just do it off my computer. I said there last year when we were we were doing a level 50 club, like I did the evil dead beat 'em up. There's so many like interesting take whatever franchise you want like there's street fighter beat ups there's resident evil beat-em-ups like that system is used for so many games that run really goddamn well and they're pretty cool how they've pulled them off so yeah like i said i i love the passion for it um i just hope this guy like i said i don't know like i want to see him pull off something like i would love like <laughs> make Skyrim work on N64. Like do do something just really out there.
1: I think someone's already is working on some kind of Skyrim demake for a retro system. I forget which nice. one, but I think <laughs> someone's working on something like that already.
0: But all right, so here's my question out. So this is just a passion project. Um do you think there's any chance in hell that if this guy gets this running optimally, it could ever actually be released or will this always just be freeware?
1: That's where it gets tricky, because, like, if you make your own title for an old system, no one cares. You don't have to get licensing or any shit like that, because it's not like it's being sold by Nintendo or published by Nintendo for a system that's active. So that's a whole different animal. I think Valve, like, being Valve and owning Steam and being the people behind Portal, that's where it could become hairy. Like, I think maybe his smartest thing to do would be to maybe try to appeal to fucking Gabe Newell. <laughs> And be like, hey, can I put this out there? Maybe just at
0: least put it on Steam. Or or can you,
1: yeah, can you put it on Steam and, you know, give me a cut? Basically, the thing like that. Like, that would be really cool.
0: But I guess then, I guess they wouldn't want it on Steam just because the whole gimmick of it is that it runs on N64. Yeah. But I mean, you could always
1: put it up there as, you know, Portal N64 version. And then, you know, the ROM, you could dump the ROM and put it on an Everdrive or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's up to them how they would want to do that, but I think you'll be leaving money on the table if they were against it.
0: If if it ever does get released as a ROM, would you go through the effort getting an EverDrive and using it on your N sixty four?
1: If I already had an EverDrive, I'd already put, dump it on there. At this point, I don't know if I would ever get my money's worth out of it. I mean, I don't know. I probably would. An EverDrive would just be easier than fucking opening these boxes and going game by game. It's... EverDrive would be a lot easier.
0: <laughs> how, how much are ever drives 150 ish for a decent one for each system yeah and then i and and you basically you can just dump roms on there and then it just runs through the original hardware so it's just one disk and, but like so how we yeah. everyone their mother had had every nes genesis whatever is if i just had that and i dumped those roms are gonna work automatically pretty much yeah okay interesting that that's something I actually I might look a little more into
1: yeah you might have to look around to get more updated roms because the quality of just the roms themselves might be better now than they were back then but yeah well maybe it wouldn't matter that much anyway because a rom is a rom but it really is the thing playing it I don't know I'm I'm showing my uh my non-technical side with this one
0: I mean yeah neither of us are technical with that and I guess technically no cd drive base could do that because you could just burn the rom onto a cd anyway
1: yeah, someone just go out there and ask, like, my life in gaming. They'll be able to tell you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? Uh, I've had the video playing, as we discussed, but give this guy a like. Give him a follow if you're interested in it. He, James Lambert, you are. He's someone I'd be interested in having on a podcast. I just want to pick his brain. Cause he's way smarter than we are. So. Oh, yeah. S-
1: S- gentleman and a scholar for what he is doing for the community. Just pick a better game.
0: That's all you got to do, James. Hater. <laughs> uh, but Jamers, um, closing out with our final topic. And it's something I like because it goes back to a good old bit of which is better. And the old days com- of the
1: podcast.
0: This comes to us. Um, is Second Wind the offshoot of The Escapist? Yeah. So like a couple I- weeks ago when the whole
1: Escapist implosion first happened, it was going to be a topic. But then like too much more interesting shit happened, basically. But yeah, for those of you out there who don't know, The Escapist, which super long-running gaming magazine publication website, uh, a ton of people left after they got rid of their chief editor, I think, the editor-in-chief. Uh, So most famously of everyone who went with him was Yahtzee, the guy behind Zero Punctuation. Uh, he's been a YouTube game reviewer mainstay for ever. Like I remember seeing my first Yahtzee video in like 2009 at like after band practice one day, like one person was like, yo, you got to watch this video. It's great. So, I mean, he's been around forever, but yeah, uh, now they're over at Second Wind. That's their new channel. Yahtzee's new series is called Fully Ramblematic and yeah, I guess he has an offshoot called Semi Ramblematic where he just kind of rambles and doesn't straight up review something. It's more like a diatribe video, but he puts up an interesting question, Brian. Uh, the video is called the difficulty paradox and it comes it turns into our which is better Games that get easier to beat the further you get in or harder by the end So what that means is there's a lot of games out there where as you're playing through the game You're getting better loot. You're getting better betting weapons You're getting more leveled up and powerful and for the most part It's making the game easier as a reward for doing all this hard work and getting all this cool crap or is it better to have a game basically power creep along with you, test all of the skills that you've accumulated throughout your playthrough of the game, and be really hard by the end and feel like a real accomplishment at that point?
0: You know, and and he puts puts it in an interesting way, and it is a it's a forever problem with games, right? Like, because on one hand, you do, I, I feel like all all people. I don't care who you are. There is something fun about just being able to decimate your enemies and getting like starting from that lowly like you got n- rags and a stick to like you're fully fucking yeeted out with in- with gear and you're ready to take on everyone. Um,
1: That's not the right sh- use of yeeted, but okay,
0: you know what I'm saying. What? But at the end of the day, does it doesn't make it easy. Yeah, and I've always had this personal problem with it, like. The, I've never seen a developer, and and maybe I'm being too harsh, but the majority of developers, the way they solve the difficulty is you just make enemies way more spongy. It's the same enemies, but their hit points increase, which to me, that's boring as shit. Um, or you just constantly reuse previous bosses you already beat over and over again, which once again, then it's like... Eh. The classic end-of-game boss rush yeah it's like or you go yeah like the castlevania route where it's like you're gonna have a marathon of boss after boss after boss and that's kind of like you're testing everything but in that game you never really even though you can upgrade your whip and have a lot more number of your specialty weapons you're not can you upgrade really your nene? <sighs> don't you don't you goddamn there you never fully upgrade so I don't know like i'm one of those people that i don't intrinsically think that difficulty equates to fun like i think a game can be plenty of fun without it needing to bash your fucking skull in from software i still think is an extremely overrated developer because i look at all their games as inflated fun by those who just love the fact that it's difficult and really it's it's not difficult it's grindy and when you grind to enough and you do get the right thing, not saying you don't need to get down the defensive and offensive tactics, but I don't know. There's something different versus like old school games where, no, it's set. If you beat the pattern, if you beat this boss, it wasn't because you got the right gear or this or that. So I don't know. I myself have a problem answering which one is better. It's fucking I, hard. Yeah. Because I want my guy to be powerful, and I don't want... I never, ever want the final boss to be easy. All right? Let yeah, that's really guys. that's really disappointing. Yeah, like, whenever that happens, that is annoying. But I don't mind that if I finally got the thing I've been working for, if I have a little bit of an easier coast to get to that final boss, I don't mind that at all. If I'm just plowing through dudes, and I am this, like... Uh, omnipotent main star of the friggin video game i'm okay with finally being able to do that after enough trials i don't want to just add it in with bullshit like bullet sponges weapon sponge enemies that then it just you're just dragging it out um you know so i because i haven't seen a lot of great games the only games i can think of that are good examples of it gets harder as you go along are games where you are constantly with every level you increase you're introduced to a new type of enemy that you haven't had to deal with previously and you know what like i found a lot of first person shooters of the 2000 eras to be good examples of that like i'm thinking of a game like dark watch um where you keep getting new power-ups and new weapon upgrades and you're getting more powerful and yes they do reuse some guys but you get introduced to a whole new type of power or style of an enemy that you haven't dealt with and you're still powerful as shit against the majority but you now have to think of a different way to deal with this particular person um that's probably one of the best ways i can think about how to properly level up so at the end of the day Cause I have to pick, I'll say I want it easier after you put in the work to get good. It's like in life, you finally put in enough work to make decent money. You don't want, you don't want life to level up with you. And I want, at the end of the day, I want my video games to be fun. I'm not walking away from a video game with like, yeah, I have a sense of accomplishment because this was the hardest fucking game in the world. I don't do that.
1: Yeah, as much as it would be fun and probably more interesting to try to make a counter argument. I fucking hate it when games are just like bullshit for the sake of bullshit at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like, man, I got shit to do. Can you just reward me for once? And <laughs> so I just don't so I just don't feel relieved by the time I'm done with it. So yeah, like I can't even think of a game that I really like at all that gets super hard as you go on. Cause like any of the hard games that I've like beaten but like liked them for being hard they were hard at the beginning, too. It's like, if you play Fallout New Vegas at on hardcore mode, and all the micromanaging and shit you're doing, like, you're already playing a hard game because of how, like, not only just underpowered in general you are, but because, you know, you're still doing so much, and you're still so weak at all times, no matter what. But it's not like the enemies are getting harder, it's just like you're a little bit more acclimated, but it's still hard. Or... You know, you know what, fuck it, you know what's a good example and what does it well? Metroid games. Because in a lot of them lately, you start off like a level with all your powers to see what you can be. And then something happens and you lose all your powers and then you're really weak again. And then you spend your time going through the game, getting all your powers back. And since it's an open world like that, the original areas you're in are fucking piece of cake. And you're just like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: That's a reward for all the work that you put in. Even though the final bosses are still pretty goddamn hard, you know it's like yeah,
0: Castlevania, yeah,
1: yeah, it still gives you a challenge, but it still gives you a challenge, so you're not bored at the end. But at least gives you that balance of like the shit you did beforehand in the common areas, you're just blowing through them now. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I feel like if they increase the difficulty too much, there's a certain point where it's like, well, then what's the point of the upgrade?
1: Yeah, why did I go through all this anyway
0: then? Yeah, like it, like Castlevania is a good example. Like I said earlier. You're not truly upgraded in any sense. Um, And the difficulty, I would argue, just never stops increasing. It doesn't start off easy. Like, you have the bullshit insta-deaths everywhere, but then also the enemies aren't, you know, there's some maybe, okay, a little easy. Um, But there's that kind of level of games that definitely increase in difficulty with, but, but they do it with boss rushes and all the shit we just talked about. So, yeah, like, you know, like an odd game that I think Fury is a good example of a very difficult game. But I still think the most annoying boss was that third level dude that was, like, meditating and shooting out all the bullets. I feel like he was the most frustrating for me in the entire game. Not saying the other ones were hard, but that's a game you don't power up for shit. You don't get anything better. And there are some bosses that incrementally, you could argue, are getting more difficult. Like, when you have to learn the parrying really well on the uh, the guy on the beach. Mm-hmm. Like, that's an interesting case of, like, you never get power-ups. Yeah, and, you never
1: power-up at all, but, like, you're just dealing with more complicated attack patterns and all.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's a game, to your point, I beat, and I was just relieved. It wasn't like, wow, that was so great. It was just like, Good God! Like you, you. I don't want. I want yeah. a game to sometimes. I, just I be felt like fun. I
1: survived that game. I didn't feel like I really beat it. I survived it.
0: Yeah. Whereas Fallout's an excellent example. When I did New Vegas Hardcore Mode a few years ago, yeah, like especially that one early valley where there's all the death claws. If you're not like. Just decked out with crazy stuff, you will. And yes, you could cheese some strategies, maybe lay down mines or shoot them from really far, but like you're fucked. But Dude, if you get fucked, death claws,
1: if you make a left instead of a right, you're in a valley of kadozers and you oh, are yeah. fucked. Those exactly. things are worse than death claws.
0: But you know what? The most fun I have in every single Fallout game is the inevitable end of game. And I know you haven't played four or any of these other ones, but your end of game. You're in power armor. You probably are at the point when you've saved up your rockets and you're going to use them, or you have your minigun, or you just, you are literally going over that bridge in New Vegas and just mowing down dudes left and right. And there is something so satisfying because you don't even care about Lou at that point. You're like, I'm going to fuck all of you up. And yeah, they throw like one strong guy, but you're not even scared of him anymore. You're like, no, I'm just as strong as you. I'm going to, I'm still going to fuck you. Like, you know, There's you know something so fun about that.
1: You know it's another good example, especially from a first-person game? Fucking Bioshock. When you're yeah. at the end and you're just going, like, you're plowing through big daddies at that point. like Yeah, you're not like even a nothing. little bit
0: scared. I yeah. love that. Like, that is so fun. I still say, when you learn in Mega Man 2 to just get Metal Man's Blades and you can just tear through that game i'm sorry that becomes so much more enjoyable like when you can spam it infinitely you're like okay yeah fuck you platforms and annoying enemies like it's kind of getting your payback i i'm sorry i don't want to continually be in a rage as i play through my game yeah i gotta agree so i and you know what i get it there's folks out there that they want their games to be very challenging okay I, 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 don't, I don't need that. I've never really needed that. I've beaten plenty of really hard games going through Cuphead, Fury. I forget if I beat Silver Surfer. But like, I've beaten tough enough games now I can, but I don't want to anymore. Like, I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, I don't need to do that.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't have the patience for shit like Ghost and Goblins or any of that crap. Like, you know, if you're just going to be cheap, like, fuck you.
0: You, you can bounce it. You can make it hard, but you can bounce it. You know what? It goes back to what I said. First-person shooters. You Bioshock's a good example. Doom, the remake. Oh yeah. You do get upgraded, but you know what? They do like a Dark Watch, which is you keep getting those new, bigger, badder enemy types as you go on. So that's to me how you kind of balance it. Whereas like every other enemy, yeah, you're just like (laughs) fuck you. Yeah. Pink, you're like Pinkies. Get the fuck out of my way. But then, oh shit. They threw Cyber Demon at me or whatever his name is. You're like, okay, this is a little tougher. Yeah. So that's, that's to me how you do it. So, end of day, I want it a little bit easier. I put my time in. Let me have some goddamn fun.
1: Just, just give me my release. Like me and my goon brothers, just give me my release. Sweet I, sweet. I hate release. I
0: hate so much that I now know what gooning means. I hate it so much, Jim. Right. I'm just here to educate you. But right no I, I like the topic, Jim, so good so good pull on that one. Yay! Yeah. I'm still gonna smack the shit out of you when I see it. But good, good pull. Deserved. But Jamers, um, how did the multi paragraph beers treat you? Um,
1: so yeah, I already mentioned it. The Scorpion Ball IPA it was good at first, but as it got warmer, it it was just too much hops, too bitter. But uh, actually, the Hazy IPA, 6.7% alcohol, Uh, Eldorado, Ezekiel, Sabro hops, along with tropical citrus and juicy flavor notes. I mean, it's a bog-standard Hazy IPA, but it was a really good one, and I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Like, it wasn't like a drastic change in the flavor profile or anything as it warmed up. What it was was what it was, and it was a very good Hazy IPA.
0: Nice. (sighs) This naked one. I, I, Yeah, I, I... You know what the problem is? This is the definition of unremarkable and so middle-of-the-road that it's not even like... It doesn't even leave a bad taste. It actually leaves almost no taste in my mouth. And, and it's like... So I can't shit on it completely because I can't actually, in all good faith, say it had a bad taste because there's not enough taste to say it's a bad taste. It's like a weird experience of... I know I drank something that's kind of boozy, and it does feel strong, but I'm not getting enough flavor to be like, that was something I want to do again. It, it, it's just really made me want a Mad Elf. So, trogues, I don't know why you did this. I, I think that, I I hope you don't sell that in full cases by itself. I hope it always is in variety packs. I can't wait to move on to the Mad Elf and a Gingerbread Stout. Um... But be a judge for yourself. If you see the variety pack, I do recommend that because it also has uh either perpetual or troganator in it. I forget which one. But I think you said last time it was Troganator. Toast. Was it? Yeah, so that I can't recommend enough. I love that beer. So oh yeah, is great. With that, guys, we want to say thank you all so so much for listening and watching. If you are listening, please make sure you give us a five-star rating. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, hit that subscribe. It would mean the world to us. And even if you want to bash us in the comments, as long as you give us that five star, we'll read it on each and every one of these Power Hour podcasts. And if you're still watching, hit the notification bell, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you comment below on how Jim is a goon for life. With that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, everybody.